Dr. Alan Leica here, and I'd like to welcome you to How to Live a Fantastic Life Show, where we will be discussing the important aspects of your life. We hope to inspire you to live the best life you can. Get out of your comfort zone and explore the awesome world around you. Break through your barriers. Take inspired action. Use the difficulties in your life to achieve the best version of you. Ladies and gentlemen, today I have a very special guest. Her name is Kathy Dorigi, and she's the author of The Butterfly Years. Now, this entrepreneurial lady uh, is an entrepreneur, and she's an author, a facilitator, and a president of the Artisan Creative, a staffing and recruiting agency focused on digital creative and marketing talent. She is a forum and retreat facilitator at the Entrepreneurs Organization, and where she works closely with entrepreneurs to help them become stronger versions of themselves. And, and that really is an important thing in this day and age. Now, Caddy's memoir, The Butterfly Years, uh, A Journey Through Grief Toward Hope, details her personal journey through grief. She is on a mission to demystify grief and create a space where people can talk about their loss, grief, and death without feeling judged or rushed. But she didn't stop there. She wrote it as a second book as well. Uh, so she's on her way. So let's talk a bit about about all the stuff, Gaddy. Thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me as a guest. It's a pleasure. You know, I, it really is nice to, to talk to you. Uh, you know, you are a lady that's had tremendous accomplishment in your life. You've climbed a mountain and you've dealt with a lot of adversity. So let's talk about adversity first and how you got to that space overcoming adversity. And then we'll go into how grief really affected you. Absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, I, I was happily going on on my merry way, working away, building my business, taking care of clients and employees and all that. And then my mom got sick. She got diagnosed with lung cancer and went through a seven-year battle with, with the disease. And during this time, it, you know, I still had the business to run. Obviously, my focus was still you know, trying to be a, as good a daughter as I could be, but at the same time, be as good a boss as I could be and move the needle along in both my personal and my professional relationships. And what happened is when my mom passed away uh, after her long battle, it just so happened that she passed away a month after my dad had passed away and a month after my stepmother had passed away. Oh so goodness. within, yeah. So within a very short period of time, I lost three very near and dear people uh, to me. And then subsequently, two years later, I lost a cousin and my uncle. And then two years after that, I lost my stepfather. So it was just a very tumultuous few years. And uh, one that one that was it was as dark as it was during that time, there was a lot of beauty and love around as well. And I had this, you know, this 
this notion that as I was looking at death, life was happening. As I was looking at loss, love was happening. I was looking at this just ugliness, beauty was happening. And recognized, um, especially the day after my mom had died, when the sun came out the next morning, I was I couldn't believe the sun had actually come out because to me there was so much darkness. And just kind of recognizing that life does go on, that you know, life happens all around us. It was such a moment of reconciliation for me. Even though I was in my darkest time, I was appreciating the birds singing, the flowers, you know, the colors of the flowers. This was in April when she passed away. So um, there was this rebirth that was happening out in the world, right, with, with, um, with nature. And I found nature being so healing during that time and during that process. So that's kind of where the whole conversation about the butterfly years came about, you know, recognizing that I was in this really dark chrysalis for a very, very long time, but having this hope that I was going to get out of it. I wasn't sure when I would get out of it, but that I would get out of it. So that's kind of what got me going, just having hope. Well, I, I think you're, 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 using a butterfly as as a motif for this is really important because you see a a a, a uh, literally a worm go into a cocoon for many years and what happens next is it metamorphosizes into something that's really beautiful and gorgeous the butterfly and and that's what grief makes us do it literally makes us go into a cocoon for a long time it literally goes through things. Uh, you know, I, I went through a grief experience when I was told in 2003 that I had ALS and had six months to live. So my, my grief experience went through several phases. It went through anger, you know, and, and a lot of people, when they go through, through grief, go through anger. You know, how could this be happening to me? It shouldn't be, you know, I, I, and, and you get very angry at everything. You bite the head off nails, you bark, you, you go through bargaining. Oh God, please don't let this happen. Right. You know, if you don't let this happen, I'll do this or I'll do this. You go through denial and, and that's one of the hardest ones that denial and you keep denying that there's actually anything wrong. And the worst part, I think, is when you go through the phase of depression, because depression is those black days when you stay in bed and you don't even want to get out of bed because there's really no hope with that. So you literally go through this, this dark, 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 dark days. And that's what you were describing when you were going through that, that period when you didn't even believe the sun would rise the next day. You know, the sun rises every day, regardless of what's going on in the world. Uh, there could be a war going on there, but the sun's going to rise the next day. Yeah, that's very, very true. And I think it's uh, when we're in it, it's so hard to see that. And, and it's difficult to think that we could come out of that. Uh, and I think what really helped me... Uh, and this is what I, you know, the process that I put into the journal is, you know, just really recognizing and, and 
being grateful for our, for what I still had and not for what I had lost and really recognizing that. And it took me a long time. I'm not saying that overnight uh, this is the re- recognition and the realization that came to me, but really this realization and this obligation, I truly felt I had, I was obligated to say yes to life because my loved ones couldn't and that I, they could live through me. So I, I felt like I needed to come out of that cocoon, that chrysalis. I felt that I owed it to them to live so that they could still experience life through me. And I, it didn't make sense for me to be the walking dead because otherwise they, their legacy that I, I couldn't honor them, their legacy wouldn't continue. So I think that's what propelled me and kind of that's what pushed me forward is this obligation that I felt um, very, very strongly about. Yeah, that's huge. And, and I think, a lot of things propel people when they're going through the grief phase and that grief reaction. I think a lot of things in their lives allow people to get back to their regular. Sometimes it's family, sometimes it's friends, sometimes it's a person's occupation because in your occupation, they need you there as well. Uh, Sometimes it's the groups you belong to, like the, for you, it's the entrepreneur entrepreneur group and again they need you there to be somebody that's strong and to help people along because in everybody's life there's something going wrong there's something that's harming them there's something that is not working right so you have to literally bite the bullet and move forward yes everyone has a story and it's not always a happy story so everybody's going through their own turmoil for sure. But for you, yours was compounded by the number of people you lost in your life. You know, for many people, it's just their mother or their father, but you lost your mother, your father, and many other significant others in your life within a very short period of time. Yes. And it felt like being in the ocean and the wave just pummeling and just pushing me down each time, each time I would come up for air, there was somebody else that was ill or had just passed away. And it, it was so tumultuous for those few years. And you are right. Um, is that my business and, and having that obligation as well, uh, was tremendous, a tremendous support because my team needed me, our clients, I couldn't let them down. So just having that as a North star, and having community at EO, the Entrepreneurs' Organization, was an incredible community. And I think through that, I was able to share and talk about it. And I think that's, for me, uh, that has been the biggest growth opportunity is to not keep it bottled in, but to put it out there to be able to share it because there are others who have been through a similar turmoil, whether it's loss of a loved one, or if it's loss of a business, or as you very, as you said, if it's a diagnosis or, you know, just loss, right? So I think talking it out is one of the important things that is important. And the second thing, as you, you quite aptly said, is that 
you recognize the beauty in everything that's around you. You recognize how, how fortunate you are. You know, when the sun rises on you, it, it truly is an amazing thing. You know, none of us is given a day, uh, any additional day on this planet. Our life could end at any time, at any place. But we should rejoice in every moment and live every day to its fullest and, and really enjoy that to the most. And I think that's very important. And to be grateful is a huge part of it, a huge part of, of all this stuff. And, and part of that, I, I think, is giving back and, and giving things back to others because I think giving is a very important prospect of it. Many people I know work through grief by joining an organization and giving something back to society. I think that's very powerful. It's very, very true. Very true. And I think EO was that for me. I had been involved with it on the periphery. My husband had been a member for a long time. Uh, but during that time is when not only did I take the leadership of our company, uh, it's also the time that I stepped in and joined EO and started volunteering my time with the, with the organization. So you're, you're absolutely right is to be able to give something of ourselves. So much more comes back. The rewards are, are multifold. That that's huge. And I mm -hmm. think, the rewards are, are multifold for sure. Short, throw your bread on the water and it'll come back very much mm -hmm. more so. And yes, I think exactly. that's true for many of these things. Uh, giving is part of living. And uh, yeah. I think that is uh, something that people should, should also do in their regular lives. Exactly. And when I first started writing the book, um, this was not the book that I wanted to write from the get go. I wanted to create something that would give some sort of a tool to someone else to help them along on, on their journey, recognizing that we're all on this journey and we all need different times to, to deal with it. Uh, but then the memoir at like, I for, it took me three years to write this book. Um, and it's a small book. But I was so conflicted writing it. You know, I didn't want to write a memoir. I wanted to write some sort of a self-help book. It didn't become that. Someone up there, I think, needed to have their story told. And so that's, that's what came out first. And hence why the book first. And then I was able to, after I told the story of the loved ones that I needed to tell, I was able to sit down and create the journal to hopefully help others who are on this journey for themselves. Yeah, you know, they say it's not hard to write. All you have to do oh, is, <laughs> all you have to do is slit your wrists and bleed. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it was it was it yeah, I don't know who says it's not hard to write because it was very hard to write. Yeah, but it is hard to write and the point is uh that it's not just the writing, it's the rewriting that's hard. Yes. Because once you get it on paper, then you have to make sure people understand what you write. So the editing process and the rewriting process is just even more traumatic than the writing process. Yes. 
especially writing something that is so emotional in order to write it, I really had to feel it again. And you know, I, I, my dream and my goal was to be able to have the book out by the 10th anniversary of my parents' death. So that was last year. So 2021 was their 10 year anniversary. And, um, you know, there was a lot of moments that I had forgotten. I really only was remembering towards the end. I was only remembering the bad times, the illness. So writing it really put me in a place that forced me to go back and remember the good times. And that was a beautiful thing. And I'm so happy. But <laughs> during the process of writing, my, my poor husband would walk in and I'd be typing away just tears coming down. Some days happy tears and some days sad tears, but tears nevertheless. So, but it was a very cathartic, cathartic thing to do. And I highly recommend anyone that is going through it not to keep it bottled up, to just, to just sit down and just write for themselves. Now, one point you do make in your book is about self-judgment on that journey through grief and how it's so, so difficult to get over that self-judgment. Can you go through that a little bit more? Yes, absolutely. The self-judgment for me came in two, twofold. One was I wasn't sure if I was grieving properly, if there is such a thing. Um, I'm product of two cultures. I, I was born and raised in Iran and then moved to the U.S., and the differences in terms of culture, in terms of what I knew from how, like how the East grieves and how the West grieves, there's a difference in there. And I could see, I could see some things in my own family and in over the years, how my mom grieved for her mom, for example, very different than how I was grieving. So a lot of self-judgment came from that is like, is there a right way to grieve? Finally recognizing that, no, we're, we're all going to grieve our own way. It, our, how we show our emotions and how long we grieve is in no way in any indication of how much we loved. And that was a big aha for me. And the second piece of it was I had a lot of self-judgment in if I laughed, if I wore the wrong color, like, should I be wearing black all the time? Should I not be laughing? I remember signing up for dance classes. Like, was it too soon to go dancing six months into this? So it was a lot of um, self-judgment from that perspective that it was self-imposed. I don't think anyone else was judging me. But at the same time, I was judging other people. I was judging people where they, where they sat for long enough. Like, did they not care about her? crazy things, which had no merit at the end. Uh, but that was a big lesson learned. Yeah. And, and I think that those are lessons learned. Uh, <laughs> grief is a difficult process. It's a difficult emotion. It's a difficult phase in people's lives. It, it takes working through it in individual ways. And there's no right or wrong way to do Correct. it. There is no right thing about it. Uh, the thing that maybe is wrong about it is if you allow yourself to become overcome by the depression that goes on and, and don't make things happen because every day you should be doing something positively 
to work your way through it. So the thing I would suggest to anybody going through grief is realizing it's a temporary phase. You will get through it. And don't be over consumed by the emotions that are there that are coming out naturally. They're part of that process. So recognizing they're part of that process is part of the solution to it. Exactly. Exactly. There's, um, there's a quote that I have in the book. It's a Ralph Waldo Emerson quote that it says you can only see stars when it's the dark in the darkest hour or, or, or something similar to, to that. Uh, no, only it, when it's darkest, you see stars. And I believe that. And I could see the stars in those dark moments. Um, and there were stars that I had never seen before. And I think that's the, what you're talking about, you know, recognizing that there is growth from this and there is hope in this, even though we may not notice it at the time. Uh, the opportunity to really self be self-reflective is huge. And if we don't learn something after going through so much turmoil, I, yeah, you know. I, I think that's very, very much true. And I, I look on life as an experience. I look at it as a, as a journey. I look at it as a wonderful journey. And we should all be participating in that journey. You know, part of your journey meant coming from Iran all the way to the United States. That is quite a change of life and quite a change of lifestyle. But if you had changed in Iran, stayed in Iran, you wouldn't have the life that you have now. Correct. So, so that was a positive change too, but you had to give up something to get there. Yes, I, I'm 100% with you on that. I think every, every move, every trajectory change leads us somewhere else. And to be able to embrace that and grow from that is what life is all about. Right? And I think what people have to do is learn how to let go and let go of some of those things. You know, unfortunately, I lost my father-in-law during the COVID epidemic. He right caught here. COVID before vaccines were available. And five days later, he was dead. So it was very tumultuous. You know, he was a great man and we're all still sad that he's not there. But you know, the point is he lived a very good life. He did very well. He has like 50 children and grandchildren that are living the life that he set up for them. So he did something amazing with his life and that's to pass on uh, a lot of things to his family. And he's alive through all of you. Yes. There's 50 individuals living his legacy. Yes, exactly. So that's what I think is important with all this. The, the living the legacy is yes. something very important that's there. And I think uh, the legacy is, is something that's important for people to do and uh, something that should be welcomed. Yes. You know, death is a passing and I don't know if you believe in an afterlife or things like that, but the important thing is uh, 
the life that a person left gets passed on to the generation that follows. Yes, I do. I do believe that. And I do also believe that the life that some, the physical life that somebody has passed on does still remain. I feel my loved ones. That may sound crazy, but I feel my loved ones. And that is part of how I live their legacy and how I honor them. I celebrate them at every opportunity that I can because they were amazing and I don't want anyone to forget them. So I've made it my mission to say their names, to talk about them, to share the beauty that they spread with their presence. Now that is a beautiful statement and that's a beautiful thing. Now this show is called how to live a fantastic life show. So I'm going to ask you, Katty, how do you live a fantastic life? Thank you for asking that question. I say yes to life. Whatever, whenever someone asks, whatever opportunity comes my way, I just say yes. And I've learned that because I've recognized that not everybody gets a chance to do that. And that was a big lesson learned uh, for me when, you know, my parents passed, you know, they were older, but I've had family members pass who were younger than me. And kind of just rec this recognition that growing old is really a beautiful thing because not everybody gets a chance to do so. So I say, yes, that's how I live my fantastic life. That's huge. Kathy, how can people get copies of your book and your journal if they so choose? And repeat the names of them for people who are listening, please. Absolutely. The Butterfly Years is the name of the book. And the Butterfly Years Journal is the journal. And they can both be found on thebutterflyyears.com. The book is also available on Amazon, but the journal is not. Okay. Well, thank you very much for spending this time with us. Uh, I mean, you know, you're a truly special lady, and I wish you well in your further endeavors. Thank you. And thank you for creating this platform to be able to talk about life and living a fantastic life. Fantastic. We only have one of them, so we better make it fantastic. You better. You better. <laughs> we only have one of them. Dr. Alan Leica here. I hope to talk to you soon. You've been listening to How to Live a Fantastic Life. Be sure and pick up a copy of Dr. Leica's book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life, on Amazon.com. And you'll want to subscribe right here on this page so you don't miss a single episode. Have a fantastic day. Fantastic.